0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you guys don't know who Mystery Ranch is, well, they are most well-known for their kick-ass fireline gear. They have some of the best, most comfortable, and most well-built fireline packs out there on the line. But did you also know that they put that technology into other stuff? (gasps) What is it, you might ask? Well, they have a ton of other load-bearing essentials. They have stuff for hunting, fishing, fishing backpacking, camping, hiking, military, law enforcement, health. they even make briefcases, which is pretty damn cool. So if you guys have a laptop or something like that, or uh, you guys need a hotel bag that you can throw under the seat in your truck or your uh, buggy, well, definitely check them out. They've got all the stuff that you need for your load-bearing essentials. So go check them, over, check them out over at www.mysteryranch.com. They also have the 1039 scholarship series coming down the pipe here pretty soon. And what is that? Well, do you guys want to go back to school? get an education, maybe further your career. Well, be on the lookout for these uh, 1039 scholarships and a portion of their pack sales are going to be going into this fund for uh, funding the scholarship program. So look for that here soon. They are also doing the backbone series, which I am super stoked to be working with uh, these guys on that. And what is it you might ask? Well, it is the story of wildland firefighters. So it's going to take perms. It's going to take seasonals. It's going to take everybody and tell their story of wildland firefighting it is awesome. And it's going to be through the lens of the boots on the ground. So I'm super stoked about uh, working with these guys on that. And if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check them out. The anchor point podcast is also brought to you by none other than hotshot brewery, our premier coffee sponsor. And what do they do over there? Well, they make kick ass coffee for a kick ass cause where a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the wildland firefighter foundation. But aside from kick ass coffee, for kick-ass cons. They also have a full line of apparel to help support that firefighter culture, that wildland firefighter culture. And they have a full line of tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So things like aero presses and pour over systems, even if you guys are out in the field and you guys uh, need your get your morning going, well, they have what you need. They also have hand sanitizer. So I know camp crud is like the big ordeal this year, but hotshot brewery started making their own hand sanitizer. So if you guys need that, Well, they've got it in stock. So go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com. Hotshot Brewing also supports the Anchor Point Podcast by slinging our merch. So if you guys are looking for one of those Band of Brothers tees or one of those Fire Fiend t-shirts or maybe a handful of stickers, go over there and check them out. It's over in the TAPS menu in the Hotshot Brewery website. So check them out. The Anchor Point Podcast would also like to raise a little bit of awareness. What kind of awareness is that? Well, it is the issue of surface shitting. No one likes it, guys. Come on. Have you ever been out there mopping up and come across a nice little gift-wrapped turd on the line? Well, that stuff needs to stop. Or have you guys ever been hiking a trailhead and see just garbage and litter and just gift-wrapped turds on the trail? That needs to stop. So we're going to raise a little bit of awareness. Go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. Funny name, serious about conservation. My buddy Micah over there, he is trying to raise a little bit of awareness about the uh, surface shitting problem and how it needs to stop. It's disgusting. It's damaging to our environment. And it just takes a little bit of effort to bury your turds. So go over to www.thefirewild.com thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. And last but not least, the anchor point podcast is brought to you by the smoky generation, also known as the American wildfire experience. What is it? You might ask. Well, it is a digital collection of stories about wildland firefighting dating all the way back to the 1940s. It is pretty damn cool. So if you guys want a little history lesson, uh, to, check out some other stories, uh, some shared experiences from folks in the field, then definitely go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check them out. Bethany has an awesome an awesome organization over there, and she also gives back to the community by teaming up with Mystery Ranch and Water Axe Pumps to help facilitate some grants for you folks in the field that are telling the story of wildland firefighting. So applications are closed for the 2020 year, but this will be a recurring thing. So hopefully we'll get you guys on that list next year. Anyways, if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check them out. what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back welcome back to another episode of the anchor point podcast hope everybody's doing well on this fine memorial day and if you guys happen to be out there on the line fighting fire well stay safe and if you are one of the lucky ones and have a day off well enjoy that time fire season is picking up and these days off are going to be few and far between here pretty soon so enjoy it while you can today on the show we're going to be continuing our little uh digital refresher series, if you will, with a rookie hotshot survival guide. So we're going to be talking everything about hotshotting. We're going to talk about what it means to be a hotshot fitness expectations. We're going to talk about off-season training and setting yourself up for success on a hotshot crew. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend and senior firefighter on Craig IHC Chase Dixon. Welcome to the Anchor Point. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, let's do
0: it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got Chase Dixon from Craig IHC. What's going on, buddy?
1: Hey, not much. Just uh, enjoying a good Sunday afternoon. How you doing?
0: Not too bad, man. Not too bad. You guys get any IAs up there yet?
1: Uh, You know, we, we got one kind of early on, uh, but besides that, it's been pretty quiet around northwestern Colorado.
0: Nice man. Yeah, it's starting to heat up a little bit. Everybody seems like they're almost done with like their critical trainings, and it seems like everybody's starting to hit the road for the most part, at least with as much as they can with COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a different year, but I, I think you know, fire season's just gonna be fire season. I I don't foresee you know a lack of fires. That's for sure. So
0: yeah, and it's not gonna it's not gonna stop either for a virus.
1: Not at all. And you know, the industry itself is full of a bunch of people that are willing to adapt and overcome. So I think, uh, we'll just take it as it comes.
0: Yeah, man. Well, that's another cool thing too, is like seeing all the solutions that people have, like all the hotshot crews or WFMs or Hell Attack modules, they're coming up with their own independent solutions to like combat this stuff. Like, uh, Wyoming hotshots. They just sent me like one of their plans, I guess you could say of like how they're going to stay out of fire camp, so to speak. And kind of avoid the crowds, do their social distancing thing. It was pretty neat, man.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. You know, I personally don't really enjoy large fire camps all that much. But uh, I think it's going to kind of revert to some old firefighting styles of, you know, spike out and get supplied and fight fires. So
0: I like it, man. I'd rather be in spike camp any day than fire camp, too, man. Yeah. yeah, Don't touch the handrails.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. It's Dude's. crazy, man. Some of those camps get huge.
0: Oh yeah, real quick too, especially like in uh, South Ops in Region Five.
1: Oh yeah, no Woof. big big schemes going on, big things down there.
0: Oh yeah, man. So cool, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so my name's Chase Dixon. I'm from uh, San Antonio, New Mexico. Uh, born and raised down there, and got into fire uh, in about oh seven oh eight. And, uh, yeah, I've just been kept, kept it going since and really still loving it. So
0: nice, man. And how long have you been in a hotshot for five years? You said,
1: yep. Yep. Four years with uh Mount Taylor hotshots. And then, uh, I just landed here at Craig hotshots in Northwestern Colorado. So pretty stoked to be here.
0: Oh yeah, man. And, uh, you, this is your first year as a uh, senior or,
1: uh, this is my second year as a senior. So I was a senior there on Taylor and then, uh, just kind of transition up here uh to kind of get a little closer to home type nice. deal.
0: yeah that's a uh, pretty close to steamboat you're saying so it's like the perfect opportunity to take that winter winter time off and just like shred all year all, all winter long go snowboard
1: yeah no that's a that's a huge deal for me and i total ski bomb man so i uh that factored a lot into it and i have a girlfriend up here and it was just kind of the the right move at the time. And I'm, I'm real happy that I'm here. You know, I miss New Mexico every day, but I'm super pumped to be up here in Northwestern Colorado.
0: Nice, man. I'm stoked for you, man. I'm glad you're happy. Thanks. Thanks. So dude, all right. So this whole episode, we kind of had a conversation on Instagram. We were talking about like a firefighter or specifically a a rookie hotshot survival guide almost and kind of like taking those opportunities and really like learning what it means to be a hotshot. So in your, like, I guess, best opinion, what do do you think is a hotshot for those who don't know?
1: Um, so, you know, in my opinion, hotshots are guys girls people like you and me just kind of anybody the difference is is they're part of a part of a team and an organization and uh i think to be a hot shot is to be part of a hotshot crew you know individualized hotshots, just your average person that's pretty pretty highly motivated to go do stuff um but what makes them a hot shot is just being part of the team Man, it's a it's a 20 21 person team and you just got to roll with it.
0: Yeah. It's it's a different crew dynamic though. I mean, that's a, that's a whole thing is like hotshots are, are are pretty elite form of firefighting crew. They are elite. I I say.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the thing is, is as a crew, you carry a lot of different quals that kind of enable you to, to take on some higher, some higher tasks and do those operations that, you know, maybe some people wouldn't, wouldn't feel comfortable with, but, um, yeah, super top tier. That's, that's why I joined, you know, I, I saw those buggies, I saw them on the front line and just thought I wanted to be one of those people. So, um, yeah.
0: Kind of motivated yeah. you to, to step up and jump into the hotshot life. I mean, how'd you start out in fire?
1: Uh, so my dad did fire, um, and he worked out on the Gila down on the black range and and uh just he kind of pushed me that way i worked at, at, in, when i was under 18 for a while as a for like a contracting crew but they didn't just do fire they did other things and so i kind of had some exposure there and then finally when i turned 18 i took the classes and yeah jumped on board got on like one or two fires that year and then the next year kind of my dad pushed me to to jump on and, and really pay for college was my main motivation at first. And then it just kind of spiraled into a, a career for me. So
0: nice, man. And now you're living that perm life from seasonal to perm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the transition. So it's been good. I, I, you know, I enjoyed crew life and being working for different agencies and traveling the world, fighting fires, man, there's, there's nothing like it.
0: Hell yeah, man. That's uh, definitely a good reason to be in the game, man, because we both know you're never going to be rich in this game, but you get to see some incredible sunsets and like places that are completely untouched by humanity.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're in it for the money, you're in the wrong job, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, this job's taken me to some of the coolest places I've ever been, backcountry tours and spiked out on ridges and just just cool stuff. man. I that I think that's the part that I just truly love about it is traveling all around and being, being in every state you could wake up in one state, be gone to the next one. It's, it's a, it's a magical thing. The,
0: the legendary time traveling in the buggy.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You just, you hit the snooze button, wake up somewhere else, man. You have no (laughs) idea where you are. You're just, you're just going. It's awesome.
0: Yeah man it's it's a it's a cool life man and I mean you get a lot of that same experience I mean don't get me wrong here I mean you get a lot of the same experience with you're on an engine or a type 2 or type 2 IA crew or even a fuels module but I think hot shotting is unique as well because you guys are taking the gnarly shit the gnarly pieces of the line you know
1: Yeah definitely definitely you, you know and that's what's cool is we're all a single you know a single workforce um and we all work together and you know, there's key roles for everybody for sure. Um, just being on a hotshot crew, you're, you're just that much more capable, I guess is, is a thing, you know, we, we train, we, we carry calls, we do, you know, the, the hard work all the time to get in that mindset to, to step up to stuff and, and, you know, also just having the knowledge to walk away from stuff. I mean, that's, that's part of being a hotshot too, is, you know, knowing your environment, honestly.
0: Yeah, that thing uh, operational turndown, man. That's huge.
1: Yep, sure is. So,
0: but yeah, man, I've, that, been,
1: I've been really fortunate with you know some super solid, solid people around me. So I've I've just been real lucky.
0: No, nah, that's good, man. That's another thing that too that uh, hot definitely provides is that uh, that leadership and overhead and that experience. It always kind of makes this like perfect storm.
1: Yeah, it's something that you could depend on. You know, like if my soup or my Foreman's, they tell me, you know, we're going after something and, and I have the confidence in them and they have the confidence in the ability of the crew. And, and, you know, that trust is built through, through hardship of, of work. And, you know, once, once everybody gets on the same page, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool gig, man.
0: It's definitely a different level of cohesion and understanding between each other.
1: Oh, by far. I mean, the cohesion on crews, you just, you know, you're, you're with, you're with these people in and out of buggies and traveling and just on your off days, hanging out with them. I mean, they're, they're just your family. So you just develop really strong relationships with these people and you know, the amount of trust and, and just overall confidence you could build in people is, is, is amazing.
0: That's another thing too, though, is like, you kind of got to earn your place for that too.
1: Oh, all day, man. I mean, you know, you're going to get tested. Like, that's, that's what it is. You're, you're there, you know, and, and, and if you're not, you know, nobody gets a free ride in hot shotting, which I think is like the best, the best part about it. You know, your soup, he was, he was on shock crews, your, your squad boss, he was there running a saw. So like, they've been in your position and they've developed those slides that you've, that you're going through at that point. And just, it's just an amazing industry, man. I love it.
0: Yeah. It's a different level thing too. And that's the thing It's like, there's no room for like bullshitting it either.
1: Oh no, you can't fake it, man. It, you know, it's just, it's such a savage industry that like, you know, you, you're so close to these people all the time. You can't, if you're trying to hide your true self or trying to fake something, I mean, that's just not the way to go about it because the, the truth's going to come out, you know, it's just, it's a raw industry of, you're with people and they they know who you are. So it's, it's cool though. It's, you could really get to know some people that way too.
0: That's, this kind of brings up a good point though, because I was having that conversation with Russell about that whole fake it till you make it like everybody's yeah, yeah. heard that dude. And that's not the case at all. And like, it's, it's, you're kind of reaffirming that it's like, yeah, you can't fake it, man, but you can struggle until you make it and figure it out.
1: Yeah. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with being humble and, and just, just saying, Hey, I I don't know stuff like, and that's the, that's the cool thing about shock cruises. There's a wealth of experience around you all the time to like build you up to where you, you can, you're confident in making decisions. You're confident in doing stuff, you know? So yeah, I would say, you know, no faking it till you make it. That's just not a thing for me.
0: No, hell no, it isn't so that that's that's a good point though i mean it's you can't fake it till you make it but also you have this huge opportunity to learn whenever you're with these ex- very experienced uh personnel on the line so you got a lot of opportunity to improve
1: oh by far man i mean you know just being around people that have been around for forever you know i i feel like rookie rookie hot shots are in a pretty good spot to to learn a lot you know if they're willing to um open their mind and really, really soak in what's going on and take advice, you know, with a grain of salt, you know, they're not trying to cut you down. They're trying to help you out, trying to build you up. So I think if, if you could really get in that mindset of I'm here to learn, you could, you could really, you can really get some learning done. So that's for sure.
0: You can almost, you can like thrive in the situation, but that's another thing too, is like rookies have a hard time.
1: You know, they can. and, And that's, that's just because it's, it's an environment they're not used to. Maybe it's, it's something they've never seen before. I mean, you can't, you can't reproduce it in, in any other way besides being on a crew and just seeing it for yourself, which, which is pretty, pretty cool to me. You know, it's, it's kind of an elusive industry that you don't know what it's about till you're in it, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. That's that's the thing too, is like, the day you stop learning something about this job is probably the day that you, you should probably quit.
1: Oh, you should be, you should be learning all the time. You know, doesn't matter if you're the, you're the, the last guy on the dig to be looking around and, and checking your environment and actually seeing how, how you're reacting to it and how your overheads reacting to it and what the things we're doing and why we're doing them. Those, those things really open your mind and you could really kind of get a better grasp of larger picture stuff and i know that's hard to to present to like a rookie you know because they they're not gonna they're not gonna see big box or forecasted line or stuff like that but um yeah it's it's a good it's a good learning environment i would say if you're willing to step to it and and just work
0: And that's another thing too, is like, even people that have a little bit of experience and there's our whip ass shape, you know, awesome PT standards. Uh, I mean, if you're stepping off of an engine or a type two crew into the hot shotting realm, it's different.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was definitely in shock. You know, I, I, used to think I was in some pretty good shape until I showed up to a hot shot crew and went through my first critical and it just tossed me, you know? So, um, there's some ways, you know, to, to try and figure it out for sure. You know, like reaching out to your crew, maybe you got hired and, and just see what their program's about. You know, if, if they truly want to build you as an, as a individual, they'll give you, Hey, we're, we're trying to set these paces for runs, hike this much a week. Like, and that's what I, I like, you know, about crews is keeping in touch during the winter and seeing where people are at and, and just building so that we're all on the same level you know you show up in shape you're gonna you're gonna make life a lot easier for for yourself and for everybody else so
0: oh yeah you're only as uh, efficient as your slowest guy hands down yep
1: definitely and that's that's the thing so if you could take that extra measure and show up in in good shape and reach out and ask questions about where you should be at I mean I that's the best proactive thing I could tell a rookie is just reach out and say hey you know maybe i don't know what to what to do to get ready for this and they'll give you some some stuff to work on to get you on your way but uh yeah definitely don't i didn't know when i first showed up and i was like yeah i could run four miles that's that's nothing and then it turned into like oh i could i could run like 10 miles now you know so it's it's just a different dynamic the 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 more you stick around, the better, the easier it gets. I'd say
0: it's kind of like developing that muscle memory.
1: Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm a big promoter of it's a year, it's a seasonal job with a year round PT regimen. So I, I try and keep that going all year round, maybe not at, at a super high level, but just trying to do, you know, maintenance every week to stay at a, at a pretty high level during the off season.
0: So what are some of your suggestions? Like what's your like routine, I guess you could say during the winter to keep in shape for critical 80.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, my take on stuff, I know there's a lot of different crews and people do different things. Um, Me personally, I I just like to stay in the mountains. So I have a split board. I'm a huge snowboarder. Um, And I, I just try and represent that by, you know, staying in the hills, I like to, to skin up mountains and, and take the easy ride down. But I'd say the more you hike, the more you can be outside hiking with weight, you know, hitting the gym. I, I like to weight with quite a bit. Um, just staying consistently busy will help you a lot. You know, you get off the season and you just slack, man, it's going to be hard to come back. So if you could keep it, try and keep it.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you don't use it or you don't use it, you definitely lose it. Especially when you have to be at like a top tier as far as performance during the summer. Yeah,
1: all day. And, you know, I I live in ski towns during the winter mostly. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of running option because of all the snow. I mean, you could treadmill it. But besides that, you're kind of confined inside. So I've adapted to, you know, I take my dog out and we just stay in the woods, man just hit the hills as much as you can be happy, be out in nature. It's, it's a calming effect for me to be out in the woods. So it's, it's real easy for me to get that motivation to step out the door.
0: Kind of keep your peace while also getting some benefit out of it. And like a physiological, like physical benefit out of it at the same time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you could be happy trucking up a hill and just just happy to be there then you're doing all right you know you that's what this job's about if i if i didn't like hiking and being outside i'd probably have a desk job somewhere
0: yeah that's the thing though is that you got to really learn how to embrace the suck with this because like <laughs> I, I, who was it wildland fire memes or something like that put out a like a meme it's like one of those girls only quotes or something like that and it says i've never been unhappy when i was hiking and then it showed pictures of like a hotshot crew marching up a mountain just just getting augered in oh
1: you know i I would just say you know for those scenarios you signed up for for a hard working job it's gonna be hard work you know sometimes you're gonna have to hike a little further to get before you even get there you could put the miles in so um don't get too psyched up about stuff and don't don't start setting expectations for what you're gonna do just be fluid like you don't have to, I don't know. You don't have to be set in what you're going to do for that day. Cause I don't know. You've been on a bunch of fires. It changes constantly. You could get jerked around. You think your day is ending and it's not, you're burning all night. You know, you're, you're going for days like that. And so to, to just get it out of your mind that, Oh, this hike's going to suck. Yeah. It's going to suck for sure. But like, Embrace it. Love it.
0: (laughs) Embrace the suck. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, man, that's the thing, though. So, like, starting out as a rookie, though, and getting in shape, you think you're in shape, but, I mean, what's, like, a true test of, like, what's a good benchmark?
1: So, I, you know, every crew is different. But uh, for me personally, you know, I like to be able to run, you know, five miles between seven and eight minute miles per mile. I like to be able to hike with weight for three to four miles and then, uh, you know, be able to do something after that. That's cause it, you know, for the job you're at times, you're going to have to hump a long way. And then once you get there, pull cord and start, start going to work. So, um, I think, You know, if you could set some pretty good goals, you know, not everybody could run a seven minute mile, but you could work your way there. And if you're just slowly amping it up to run in one mile, you know, don't, don't hurt yourself trying to, trying to get in shape because then you have a bigger problem on your hands, but it's that slow build of, of motivating yourself to, to hold back until you're ready to, to really succeed. But at the same time, having a goal that you're going towards. So set some goals, I would say, you know, as far as running, as far as hiking, maybe that's just hitting the gym a certain amount of days a, a week. You know, those those types of things, staying active is, is going to help you quite a bit.
0: Yeah. That and, you know, reducing your injury occurrence as well. Being in shape is going to reduce injuries, but also at the same token, don't overtrain to where you're like messing yourself up and injuring yourself before you get into the season.
1: Yeah, you see it all the time. You know, people trying to ramp up real hard. Um me personally, I I work out pretty consistently through the through the winter when I'm about a month or 2 months out of a fire season, I start to ramp it up a little bit and then about 2 weeks before the season I start to ramp it down a little bit so that I'm just doing maintenance workouts and not really setting myself up for, for a big injury or any kind of muscle muscle failure type stuff. You know, it's, it's important to be in good shape. And once you, once you have it, you could bring it back a notch so that you don't hurt yourself. You know,
0: that overexertion thing. Oh yeah. overtraining. Yeah, training. No, that's a real thing that we have to face, man. And But it'd like, like you said, man, being proactive and then dialing it back before you hit critical 80s. Because I know that hell week is it's hard. It sucks, yeah. man. And sometimes it turns yeah. into hell weeks, plural.
1: Yeah, it could go on. It could go on, and it all depends on you know how how the crew showed up and and what you need to do as a as a whole to to get there. But. um yeah. Just be prepared. It, it could be pretty rough times for critical ADs can be rough times. Oh so yeah. Make sure you're, make sure you're there physically and mentally, you know, <laughs> even if you have the, even if you have the gusto and the muscles, like you gotta be prepared to get up day in, day out and, and go to it.
0: Oh yeah. Especially like when you have to like sit through, because speaking from personal experience, man, we're going through a hell week once and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I straight up fell asleep during S two sixty. Standing like straighting straight up in my in my chair, man. And that'll happen to you, man. You're just exhausted.
1: Yeah, you're tired. You're using your brain. You're doing a bunch of recertification. You're 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 going through courses and and in between that you're PT and you're you're double timing. Maybe you're doing two days, you know. So yeah, it's it's it could be rough, but I think you know, if you're, if you're in the right mindset, you could get through anything.
0: Absolutely, man. Then, you know, I, I think that it's kind of important to like check your ego at the door and, you know, coming from my past, there was a couple times where I didn't do that and it definitely bit me, man. So checking your ego at the door, I think is going to be an important thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's huge. You know, you just got to show up and be ready to listen. It doesn't matter if you've been in fire, you know, me personally, I was I was in fire for, I don't know, five, six, some years before I even got on a crew. And I, you know, I didn't, I was there to learn. I didn't, I didn't think that I knew (laughs) that much. I I know some people, you know, you just, you got to check your ego, man. And, And that's a big thing is being part of a team and, and being able to conform and learn and, and grow is, is a big thing. And if you have that ego and, you're you're holding yourself back more than anything, I would say.
0: Oh yeah, you'll get humbled real quick.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, super fast. So yeah, it's it's no it's no good to have a huge ego coming in, especially as a rookie. I mean, just come in ready to ready to learn, ready to work hard, just just being a sponge.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. And that's the thing too, is like, I mean, rookies you gotta earn your stripes like earn your place and that whole adage about like, yeah, you have two ears and or you have two ears and one mouth. You should be listening twice as much as you speak. Right. How valid yeah. is that in your opinion?
1: Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of times rookies aren't, aren't going to know what's going on. And so if they have questions, man, fire those questions away because, and, you know, me personally, I want, I want to build people. I want them to see what I see. Um, you know should they should they just have both their ears open and not talking that much most definitely just you know kind of absorb it all be listen to all the people listen to what's going on you know don't don't be trying to throw your two cents in if you if you're just getting in the door but at the same time that's like i said you know i've been real fortunate with crews where we try and build rookies up if they have questions Man, I, I love being the shoulder to lean on and try and make somebody better than I was. Because, I, you know, when I came in as a rookie, I I just really didn't have that somebody to kind of coach me. And I, I really wish I did.
0: Yeah, that well, that whole mentorship thing, too. I mean, that's, that's going to be huge, man. There's like a big power in mentorship. It doesn't matter if you're, you know... I guess if, if you're like the soup or if you're a squatty or lead or whatever, all the way down to your rookie, I mean, you can still teach people something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I see something new every day. I saw a guy put together a saw quick and in, in a way that I'd never seen it. We were doing a medical scenario the other day and I saw him come up with some new ways to carry people out. So it's, it's, it's a great environment with, you know, having 20 people is such an advantage. You got, people that are with crazy backgrounds and in backcountry type stuff and just a wealth of knowledge and so if you could if you could sit there and try and soak some of that up it's going to make you more rounded and and like i said i learned that from somebody that's been in for maybe a couple years you know and i'd never seen that before and i was really impressed with it and so it's it's a full circle learning environment. Like if you're, if you're not learning stuff from the people below you and above you, then I don't know what you're doing. You know,
0: and something's kind of wrong there if you're not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. It's a, it's a, it's a great learning environment. If you're up to the, if you're up to the challenge and just able to say, Hey, there's some stuff going on. I should pay attention or, or what, did, why did they do this? Why did they put this line here? Why, why are the, why are we burning right now? Why aren't we burning right now? Those kinds of things. And if you can start putting those things together, man, you're going to do all right in this industry.
0: Yeah. Then, you know, there's a time and place for those questions too. But at the same time, if you ask them at the right times, I think you're going to learn a shit ton.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you, you're not going to say it right as it's happening. And i those are just things I'm trying to say, like to ask yourself in your head, not really asking those questions. And, and if you feel uncomfortable with something, definitely ask, but uh, yeah, you just things that I, I kind of do to, to learn is just, why are we doing this and, and how is this affecting the next move or the next step? And that frame of mind gets me pretty excited to try and move up or try and pick the brain of somebody above me, you know, what are they thinking and and how are they going to make this, this work?
0: Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like you have the opportunity to kind of think outside of the box for yourself. I mean, you can think about like, well, what if the fire, like you can, you can observe a lot of fire, especially on a hotshot crew. Cause you're out there, yep. you can observe a lot of things and you can kind of like pick your own brain, like theorize, I guess, look, like, look at the theory of fire and how it behaves, you know?
1: Oh man, I do it all the time. I am just such a, so stuck on that. Just trying to figure fires out because it's so dynamic and it changes everywhere you go. And that's, that's the coolest thing about being, you know, on a hot crew is you see dynamic fire environments in multiple area geographic areas of the nation. Like you're not, you're not seeing the same pondo stand burn. You're going to Florida to see some burning in the swamps or like out to the Northwest to see some, some, some other stuff. So if it's really cool environment to learn from for sure
0: that's another thing you guys have a lot of opportunity to do too is uh the training aspect of your of the whole ihc business man that's you get a lot of badass training especially right up front in the season and then a lot of on the job training later down the road so what do you guys like usually specialize in i mean what's like your claim to fame for for training
1: uh well what do you mean by that so like as far as coursework or yeah um you know you just try and if i could set people up well to gain classes as they gain experience to be able to move up instead of being kind of stationary in positions i i would like to see that and you know taylor was good about it and and here at craig they've been real good about just getting those classes in man they you know, you could have the most experience in the world and not have the courses to, to get you through that, those pathways to start opening up taskbooks and really get some on the ground experience. So, um, I'd say, you know, set yourself up. Well, right now is a really good time to take some classes. Uh, I think a lot of stuff is uh, virtual mm-hmm. and you can, you could start, you know, even if you don't foresee yourself taking, Or opening some task books just take as many classes as you can i would say because i I know i did it and now i'm trying to catch up on a lot of classes and it's not it's not a fun game
0: well yeah and you got those like classes that no one ever wants to take like 260 you know business management no one wants to take that class but now you have the opportunity to. you might as well just get it out of the way man
1: yeah, and those are those are still important classes. You got to know how, you know, everything's funded and, and those kinds of things and where the money comes from, where it's going. And, but uh, I, I would say, you know, mostly on, on shock crews, for me personally, I would say, you know, if you could get some firefighter one, if you're a rookie trying to get in, you know, maybe not your first year for sure, but maybe your second, you start working on some of that stuff maybe pick up a 219 class and start observing some firing and and just attach yourself to a firing boss and you know you're not running any operations but you could shadow people and i i think that's a great way to do it is is you know putting people that are that are on the cusp of being there attached to somebody that's there and they they're able to to really learn a lot right there at the hip of somebody calling the shots so
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: I think that's super cool about this industry for sure.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there for training too, but also you get a lot of the experience. Like the classes, they they don't prepare you for actually being in the position, but being in the position grooms you for what you're going to do. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, and that's you know that's why I wanted to join a hotshot sh- crew. Just just the sheer amount of fire you see. Um, you you gain a lot of experience, you know, in a season you'll see, I don't know, quite a few fires and, and just being able to go and learn and have that much exposure it helps you build all those slides in your head for whenever you're trying to move into other positions, you have a lot of ground experience. And you're not intimidated by taskbooks because you've been in those positions. You've you've ran a torch for forever. You've walked fire down, you know, ridges. You've you've put in those lines and and done things. And it's it's a really good industry for if you're going to stay in fire. I I think that being on a hotshot crew is is pretty crucial timing to to really develop a lot of those slides and fire skills.
0: Yeah, that's another thing, too. I mean, do you have alternatives as well. So you and I were talking about how uh, like having a backup plan and how that training oh. kind of supports that, even if it's like an education or if it's like, I don't know, like a logistics qual or something like that. It's going to be hard to get that qual when you're on a hotshot crew, but there might be an opportunity to get it, but having a backup plan. So go into that.
1: Yeah, so so having a backup plan is is crucial. I mean, is you could this industry's it's a dynamic industry. So like you know you could be doing everything right and get hurt and have not be able to be on a hotshot crew anymore. I mean that's just a reality we got to live with. And it's you know rapidly changing environments like that is rough. So I. I have a backup plan, you know. I, I went to state and got a I went to New Mexico State University and got a, got a range degree and you know, keep that in my back pocket. I, I'm not I wasn't done fighting fires, but it's definitely, you know, if I ever had to pull that pull that trigger and leave fire, I, I set myself up well to leave, hopefully. You know, you never know. But having a backup plan, you know, maybe maybe you're not gonna like it in five years. It's it's really it's not for everybody. Um, that's for sure.
0: That's the truth.
1: Yeah, so, um, but, and maybe you'll love it and stay forever and be the soup of a crew. Like that's, if if you could do that, that's an accomplishment, you know, but I having a backup plan and, and a way out, you know, you're going to get a little older, you're going to get a family, maybe, maybe some kids at home and you can't be gone, you know, two weeks for two weeks and back for a day or two and then gone for six months, it's going to be rough on your family. It's going to be rough on, on you. And so at some point, you know, having a, having a way out is probably a pretty good thing to carry in your back pocket.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing too, man. It's like there's so much opportunity within the government. It's not necessarily that if you get injured, you have to be out of federal service. You can transfer to something else, especially if you have like an, if you have an education in your back pocket like you do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing is it doesn't have to be fire. You could still work for the government. I mean, most people that get into this industry, they want to be outside. and And the federal government allows you to work outside. I mean, it's a great industry and you could you could be a wildlife biologist. You could, you know, depending on if you want to go to school. And I know there's a lot of programs through the forest service BLM and all the other agencies that they'll help you along the way to develop, you know, an educational background, which I think is a really great part of uh, working for the feds. So.
0: Oh yeah. Especially like, even if you want to like stay in fire, you still need an education. If you want to get to those higher echelon positions, like the uh, 301 or 401 series jobs, like your AFMOs or FMOs. I mean, it's critical. You need an education.
1: Yep. And you know, an education never hurts. College isn't for everybody either, but you know, I really enjoyed it, but was I ready to go do range stuff right now? It just, it just wasn't in in the cards for me. I I still like fire and being on hotshot crews too much. Um, But would I could I see myself doing it in the future? Definitely, for sure. And to give myself that option, you know, I I didn't know I was setting myself up at the time with kind of a backup plan. But definitely you should it's something you should think about that if you're going to if you're going to continue with this job and stay stay in fire, that's awesome. But you want to set yourself up well in case in case you don't or you don't end up liking it or you want to do something else.
0: True. And then even if you don't want to work with like the particular agency that you're with, you could always switch to, you know, the green team or the yellow team or, you know, BLM, Forest Service, MPS, whatever is out there. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I've worked for, you know, state, state type uh, people. I've worked for both the Forest Service and the BLM and, you know, diversifying is is a good thing you could you could go to other places and have different opportunities um (coughs) excuse me but uh yeah they they you could go anywhere and do a lot of things i mean there's it's not just hotshot crews or fires there's you could be on an engine you could do helicopters i mean anything and if you don't like fire you could you could go be a range person or anything you want really
0: tech or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That'd that'd be the dream. Wouldn't
0: it (laughs) do wreck? (laughs) It'd be fun, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be bad. That's for sure.
0: That sounds pretty cush. Actually pretty cushy job, but yeah, man, that's the whole thing though. Is like setting yourself up for success. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, firefighting isn't the end all be all of everything. There's other opportunities out there, but if you're going to do fire, take it seriously, man, and set yourself up for success.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'd say if you're going to stay in fire, start, be organized. That's the biggest thing, you know, it's keep your ducks in a row, have your app ready. I, I know a lot of applications come out kind of mid-summer, and so if you could get on that before they come out, you're going to set yourself up better for applying for jobs, you know, keeping keeping personal records along with your master records, and just being really organized in this industry will get you a long way.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. But that's another thing too that you mentioned as uh, uh, keeping track of like your training and your certs and everything like that. Do yep. You, do you keep a a backup like hard copy of all of your stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I do. I keep like a personal record, and then I try and keep you know another one at work with kind of similar, like same exact carbon copy of it. And then you know, obviously, dispatch has the master record, but it set yourself up to where if you lose a third or something, you're, you're not trying to fish or fish for it or, or retake it, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely, man. I'd hate to have to take some of these classes again, man. Cause they're just dry death by PowerPoint sometimes. And <laughs> I don't want to wish that upon my mortal enemies.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely being organized. And that goes with being a hotshot, man. The, the more organized you are, even just, you know, preparedness wise, like if you could, put your lunch in your pack the day before you know if you're going somewhere to the field or doing other things if you could take those little steps it's the little tiny things that build up to set you up for success you know you you don't have to worry about them if you if you start doing stuff ahead of time and just really be organized and and i don't care if you're the lunch person or the water guy or you wash windows like it's it's your job. So like feel a lot of pride in it and be really good at it.
0: Well, that's the thing too, is like, if you're assigned a job, you will be held accountable for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I think being on cruise, you know, sometimes your job kind of sucks. Like you got to go get QBs and the camps a mile away or something. Cause it's a large camp. So I would say if you could help other people out, it say you're not busy know that's that's what it's all about to me is is you're on a team and you got to be selfless and helping people with their stuff it's not oh i got my stuff done it's how can i help the next person how can we be better as a unit and that that breeds a lot of good you know cohesion um just overall good vibes if you're just helping people out and everybody's got full buy-in on being there for each other
0: Oh yeah, man. That's like the, the, the whole teamwork makes the dream work kind of thing, man. It's, it's, that's the thing, man. It's just like, if you're done with your stuff and you're just kind of being idle, definitely help each other out. Even if it's a shitty job too. Like if you got to huff, I don't know, jerry cans up this steep ass mountain, man, just do it.
1: Yeah. And especially, you know, if you're a rookie volunteer for everything, I think JJ said it best on his episode, like, You know, a lot of times, maybe those jobs that you volunteer for, they're probably not going to be very fun, but, you know, be there, volunteer, you're going to get a lot of experience out of that. They're asking for volunteers because they need people to do stuff. And then you, the more you can do, the better you'll be, You're more well-rounded, no matter what it is, you know, even if it's just bumping stuff from the truck to a, to a firing up, you're, you're helping your team. They could rely on you. You know, if you're a rookie, really volunteering is, is huge. Be that person that steps up, you know,
0: just being reliable too, man. You, I think you said it pretty well right there. Just being a reliable person.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to be, you got to, people are relying on you to pull your weight around the crew around, you know, everything you do they're relying on you. So if you could be really reliable and be somebody people could go to for stuff, then Hey man, you're, you're doing pretty well.
0: Um, Yeah. I think that's kind of universal though. I mean, that doesn't just apply exclusively to hotshot crews. That's any crew that you're on helicopter, engine, whatever, man.
1: Yeah. Engine crews, like be, be the, be the guy they want to go to on stuff. It just, it doesn't matter what resource you're on, even if you're not on fire, just be, the person that people want to go to for stuff and and you know that that's a good way to go about business
0: oh absolutely that and you know being humble as well i think that a, a, a dose of humility will go a long ways if you don't know like you're saying earlier man like if you don't know something say you don't know be just like transparent about your knowledge
1: well you have to be you know you can't if you don't especially in that scenario, if you don't know something and you know, you're doing critical stuff like burning or holding or look you, out. Yeah, look out. You don't know stuff, ask. That's that's why we have a set of overhead is to is to answer questions and be somebody that they could go to to ask, Hey, I, I don't really understand this or I don't I don't know why we're I don't know how to burn this piece or Those kinds of things. And, and, you know, just being really humble. I, you know, most people in the industry are you, you probably couldn't find another person around to to come on the show and talk about hot shotting because nobody wants to talk about it really. You know, it's a, it's a very humble industry. It's a lot of good people that just want to go work hard and, and that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a lot of silent professionals too. I, I think that hot shots are the hardest people to get on the show because they just do their thing and they're just silent professionals about it too. So thank you for being on the show though. And I appreciate it. Get yeah, a little bit, of, little bit of insight into the IHC world.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. I love your show, man. I listen every week. <laughs>
0: Thank you. (laughs) So what are some other like recipes for success? Like setting yourself up for success. If you're going to jump on a rookie or jump on as a a rookie hotshot.
1: Yeah. So one of the easiest things you could do is be on time, right? Maybe be a little early if you can and start doing those stuff, doing the stuff that you, that you could do, like before you even start work, get ice in the coolers, be early, be on time. That's, that's the simplest task there is, is just be present and be on time start working, you know, instantly when you get there, don't just wait for somebody to tell you what to do. If you could, if you know that things need to be done, start doing them. Like, and if you take that initiative and, and people will notice that, you know, you're stepping up and I didn't have, I don't have to ask people, you know, to go do something because they're already doing it. And I've been really fortunate on, on the cruise I've been on that people are just real eager to do stuff. And, but that's how you want to be.
0: So like when you first show up in the morning, start washing the windows on the buggy, put nice in the coolers, stocking Gatos and waters.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean just set yourself up well, set the crew up well. You know, maybe maybe some people's having like an off day or something and maybe that's their job But you already done it for them. I mean, not saying go do everybody's duties. Don't don't try and just go out there and do everything because that's that's not being part of a team. But be present, be on time and take the initiative on stuff, man. You'll start to pick it up. Like, you know, if you're a rookie on a crew, you'll start to know when things need to happen. Like, Oh, you hear a conversation about a burn show. Like maybe you should check if the drip torches are full. Maybe you should see if the Jerry's full, like those little things add up and, and really set the whole crew up for success because those people, you know, make make the make the world go around. Those little things make the projects go.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. So, I mean, is there anything else? Like, as far as like I, what? Well, actually, let me revert that. But effort. I think that effort is going to be like one of the major, important, distinguishing factors of your success. Like, if you're dogging into a PT and you're still struggling through it, man, I think that's going to speak volumes to the crew.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you know, if you show up and give it your all and people see that you're giving it your all, like they're going to support you. They're not going to cut you down. At least, you know, not where I come from, but, um, get out there and give it your all have heart, have the ability to push through and like really work on your mental soundness and, and say, I got this, you know, have, have confidence in yourself to be able to push through and, you know, you're not the only person doing it. There's 20 other people in the same boat as you. And so, you know, say, I could do it. They could do it. We could do it. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Well, it's that shared suffering experience too, man. That's, that's what I definitely appreciated about it.
1: Oh, I love it, man. I mean, I, some of the best stories I've ever had. Anytime I run into anybody I used to work with, that's, that's what you talk about. The, the bad times, the, not the bad times, but like just, just hard stuff. You made it through, you know, you, you pushed together, you, you gave it your all, your, your legs were cramping up, but you kept walking or you were burning for forever. And you, you didn't see the end in sight. And your buddy gave you like a, like a Snickers or something. You had brought you back to life. You know, those, those are the good things (laughs) about this job. You'll remember them forever too.
0: Oh yeah, man! You always look back at like the crappiest parts of your job, and you just sit back and like share this story with somebody, and you always laugh about it. It's like, yeah, man, that sucked, but it was fun.
1: Yeah, you got to embrace it, man. I mean, that's just part of the job. Some of this, some of the stuff you're gonna do is gonna suck, but you're in it together. You know, that's the best thing is you got you got the guy next to you, and he's he's got a grin on his face because he knows you guys are screwed. You guys <laughs> gonna have to work forever, but you know you just build happiness off each other i mean you know be positive that's a big thing for me it's just like you know don't don't be a downer you know it's already rough enough as it is without like a bad attitude or 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 those kinds of things can really bring down you know not just you but other people around you and so you know i had a, a old squad boss he would say you know if you're not having a good day pretend you're having a good day and it'll probably turn into a good day
0: Yeah. Well, that negative attitude, it's kind of like a cancer, man. You get one bad seed in the group and it just kind of just spreads around. It sucks, man.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's, that's not what you need in, in hot shotting at all. You need positive people that reinforce each other and build each other up. I mean, build, build your team as strong as you could make it, you know, don't, don't worry about the little things and the, the BS. I mean, that, that stuff's all going to pass, but if you could be a positive person, you know, and maybe the guy next to you is having a terrible day, but just you being there telling him, man, this sucks, but it's, this is awesome. Right. It might perk him up to really drive him through the rest of the day. And I, that's what it's all about for me trying to really bring people up and, and get through those hard tasks that we get.
0: Oh yeah, man. Cause you're going to be fed a lot of them.
1: Oh yeah. You're just going to get served them up like every day, every day. It's, it's just never going to end, but you know, you got each other and that's, that's what being B- is all about is like people around you. You're in it together fully, completely.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's, what's cool about and the, it's awesome. the fire family though, is that that that, that cohesion, man, the, like it's, it's irreplaceable and you'll never find that in sitting in an office ever. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, if, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're on an IHC or an engine or whatever, man.
1: Yeah. I've made, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've worked on a bunch of different, you know, bunch of different uh, resources and, and I've made friends everywhere I went. Those are the people that got me through those times. Those are the people that kept me in this industry. You know, if this job's, you're not going to make a bunch of money, but you're going to meet a bunch of good people. And that's that's really special. I've made so many good friends in this job, um, just countless people that you know are out there to do to do the job and do it well. And I've made lifelong friendships. Out oh of yeah, this, out of this job.
0: Dude, I still talk to crews that I haven't worked on, like people from crews that I haven't worked on in like ten years. I still hit them up out of the blue, like, hey man, what's going on? You remember that time that so and so happened? And they're all like, oh yeah, They'll start laughing their asses off.
1: Yeah yeah i mean i you know i talk to somebody off any one of my old crews or engines almost every day and uh it's really great you know you got you got contacts all over and you know you go to that big fire and you see your buddy and he's you know maybe moving up with you or maybe a little above you and you're happy for him and just so many good people in this industry and and just really positive and i, I really enjoyed making a lot of friendships in this this job
0: hell yeah man so like looking back on your past and like all the things that you've done all the experiences you had if there's anything that you could tell your former self like with the experience that you have now what would it be
1: yeah um that's a kind of a tough one you know um i would say maybe maybe (laughs) I don't
0: know. Did I get you? Uh,
1: Yeah, you kind of got me there. No, you know, I would kind of, some of the stuff we covered, like have a backup plan. Like I still, I I do have a backup plan, but at the time I didn't think it was, you know, I was just getting through college to go fight fires at the time, honestly. And then, you know, it just kind of happened that way. If I could tell myself, I would say something like, you know, be organized, be really on top of stuff and, and work on really understanding the dynamic of fire. And not only that, like the industry in itself, you know, the first couple of years I tried to mess with USA jobs. I was absolutely terrible at it. And so set yourself up with success by just leaning on others and asking them how, how, how they do it and make a collective plan for applying for jobs or, or anything you're going to do in this job, you know,
0: Oh, absolutely, man. That's, but that's kind of like that extension of like being a student of fire. It's like knowing yourself and knowing the job and fire and all this other stuff, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not just, you're not just a firefighter. You're not out every day in the forest fighting fires. You gotta, you gotta know how to do a lot of things. You know, if I could learn just the simplest things, like, you know, things that I struggle with today, like time codes and how they how they bracket stuff and and how you charge codes and and those kinds of things like am I going to tell rookie my rookie self like you should start learning that probably not but I wish I would have known you know at the time to maybe start looking into some of that stuff when you transition to perm you know you're going to have a little more a little more stuff to deal with but as long as you take it with a grain of salt and just keep rolling with it I think you'll be fine
0: Yeah, man. It's, it's weird. Once you start moving up a little bit, it's like, you're not so much operational anymore. You're, you're still in the operations. Don't get me wrong. You're still there, but your head's not down. You're not just like digging dirt all day. And there's a lot more stuff that has to go in behind the scenes when you start moving up and the more you move up, the less involved you're with, with fire.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure. You know, you're, you're, superintendent your captains they're they're doing a lot of work they're they're in the background doing the most paperwork you've ever seen on top of trying to come up with like plans and scout and do stuff and your squaddies are figuring out you know tactics right away and where you're going and how you're going to do it and you know it's it's a weird step back from just being like a ground pounder that kind of just digs line you know you you got to think you know there's a lot more that goes into fighting fires than just going out there and start slinging line everywhere i mean there's planning there's there's so much more that goes into it and those people are doing it all the time 24 7 like late nights filling out ca1s or paperwork or trying to get hotel rooms ahead of the crew in a different city in another state you know
0: in a different time zone
1: (laughs) yeah in a a different time warp you know you just you just there's a lot that goes into it and it's amazing that you know people come together and make it work because it's it's such a large task even just to coordinate to get like a whole group of people to like another geographic region and then supply them and yeah it's a cool thing
0: No, it's definitely, uh, that's a good thing though. It's like, if, if you have a solid foundation, it'll be probably a little bit easier to move up, you know?
1: Yeah. You got to build that, that base, you know, otherwise you're not, you're not moving up at all. If you don't have, you know, what you learned to stand on, then you're not really going to climb any kind of ladder. You know, you, you got to take what you know. And I keep, you know, one of the things I do is I keep like a little ledger of stuff that, that I've learned over the years, just little things that I thought were important or little, little slides that really stuck out in my mind. And I just, I try and keep adding to that all the time, you know, um, to try and keep that information going, just keep building and growing uh, as an individual and as a hotshot
0: amen to that, man. No, it's, it's, that's the thing. You got to keep building and building and building and building. it's like, you can't just climb Everest in a day, man. You got to have a strong foundation first.
1: Oh yeah. All day, man. That's, that's it. You gotta, you gotta know where you came from to know where you're going. That's for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Well that too. And like kind of, you know, thinking outside the box too, as far as where you want to be as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to set yourself up well, you know, like maybe, maybe your dream is to work in a different state, but to get there, you know, it's pretty high competitive place and you're going to have to leave for a little bit and go somewhere else to get a little experience to maybe compete, to get a job in your hometown or somewhere that's, you know, pretty has like a high volume of uh, applications and such. Like, you know, if you can move around and really put yourself out there to gain experience on different in different regions and stuff. Like that's, that's a good thing. Um, Now, am I telling you to bounce around every year? No, I'm not like be loyal to your crew. You know, if you, if you're going to commit to somebody, I, I say commit to them for a good, as much as you think you need to, but I, I usually like to stick around, make like a good, you know, you're not going to learn everything about a place in a year. So if you give it maybe two or three, then you'll probably have a good grasp and a little better knowledge to move on. Or maybe not, maybe you'll love it and stay there, but just yeah. be flexible with that stuff.
0: Yeah. That's the thing too, is like, I, 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 that's one thing I wish I could have told myself when I was a younger firefighter is that I should have moved around a little bit more when I was younger, get some different experience, get different taste of agencies, get, uh, different taste of fuel types and topography and all that stuff, you know, but I was a little reluctant to move around. I mean, I'm not saying that you should jump around like you're saying every year, but you know, every two to three years, I mean, if there's an opportunity that arises, you're never going to make it unless you take that opportunity or or at least shoot for it at least.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, it's always hard to leave. You know, I, I've been in New Mexico my entire career and this is kind of my first branch out of the region um, out of region three. And, you know, it, it took a lot for me to leave. It was, it was hard. That was home. I got, that's where the family was. That's where, you know, I, I was really happy there, but, uh, just, you know, I wanted to be in Colorado and so I made it work, but, um, don't be scared to kind of go out there. I mean, you know, go get a wealth of experience from different people, different places. That's, that's, that's great.
0: Oh yeah. That and push your comfort zone too. like get out of your comfort zone.
1: I mean, you have to, this job will, will make you get out of your comfort zone. You're going to leave your comfort zone. Like for sure.
0: Oh yeah, dude.
1: Like your first fire slamming, you're probably, if you're a rookie, you're probably going to get blown away and just be like, ah, it's just being able to trust your, your crew and let, you know, get the work done. Um, Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, you're gonna be nervous, and you're gonna see some stuff that, like, normal people. I guess your Joe Publix would be like, "Yeah, that is insane. Why are you doing this?" <laughs> but it's yeah, totally right. off normal for us, you know. It's it's like you get that normalization factor after a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's half the reason I got in. I used to see the hotshot buggies, you know, cruise past us and go towards this huge column, and I'm just like, "Man, those guys are those guys are going in there. They're gonna go, you know." be the frontline people. And I, I really wanted to be part of that organization, you know, whether it was as a rookie or now moving up a little bit, I I still feel that, you know, just trying to be highly motivated and be the people that that they could call to, you know, when they need something and, and you have the ability to get it done. It's awesome.
0: Oh yeah, man. That's the thing. That's, that doesn't come overnight though. That's uh years of experience.
1: Yeah. 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 And that just touches back to like what I was saying before, like, you know, your soup, he's, he's probably been all the way from rookie ground pounder to squatty to, you know, assistant and then up to superintendent. Like he's been there and uh, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Like, even just moving up a little bit, hotshot crews are are really dynamic, and and the amount of the amount of thought that you need to put into operations, you need you need a high level of competency, you know, to make those calls, and that's that's developed through experience.
0: Yeah, and there's so no two walk, ways around that.
1: No, nope. And so you need to you know need to get a lot of experience, and and hotshot crews is is a good way to get a lot of experience. You're gonna have. A lot of exposure to fire you're gonna see a lot of fire
0: it that's ain't that the truth man yeah i mean that's the thing though is like you're one of the elites you're you're basically on the front lines you're going to the head of you know the head of the fire basically well not the head but you know what i mean you're 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 seeing some gnarly stuff and it's all condensed into six months
1: yeah some of the coolest stuff i've ever seen though like You know, sometimes it's just mind blowing. You look up and you're just like, wow, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm in this. And, uh, you know, you just got to do it safely. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, is getting engaged, but making sure your LCS is in place and those kinds of things, you know, and as a rookie, you should really tune into that kind of stuff. Like that, that's why it's there is to keep you safe. And so the quicker you could start picking up, like why we're doing certain things it the faster you'll learn why you should do it later.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it brings up a good point, man. I mean, that's, uh, like you said, man, Rome wasn't built in a day.
1: Not at all. Not at all. And crews, you know, you get, you get a crew that's, that's been together with returners, three, four year returners, you know, maybe one or two new people a year, man. Those are solid programs. Those, those dudes have been together in and out probably, you know, you get four seasons with a bunch of returners and it's, it's a special thing, man. There's some strong crews out there. You know, it doesn't matter what region you're in. There's, there's strong crews everywhere you go and, and building those programs up and making people feel like they're doing stuff and, and they belong there and give them that sense of purpose. So we'll keep them around.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. That's a, that's a cool thing too. Is like you'll see a lot of returnees on crews that are happy.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that that's it, man. You you know you got to be, you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. That's for sure. But you uh, you have to you have to treat your people right. That's for sure. Um, you know, even
0: treat each other right too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just treat everybody right. It's not that. Not that hard of a thing, you know just just be there for people and and be somebody they could lean on and and that's 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 most of the reason I'm still on shock cruise is just the people like you could lean on these people they they'll be your open ear you know you can't spend a, a 14 day assignment with somebody and not know something new about them like it just it doesn't happen
0: Oh yeah dude no that's the, it's like you you, yeah, you become family. Like this is like, they'll tell you, you'll get to know somebody so well that they'll tell you things that they won't even tell their significant other.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fire family, it's a real thing. You know, I, I, I talk to my buddies on Taylor almost every day. So it's, it's just lifelong family people, man. It's, it's, it's a good environment. And I, you know, I feel like I've kind of walked into that same environment here and I'm really fortunate to nice. be that way yep
0: nice man well shit dude where does it where do you go from here i mean what's the next step in the process for you
1: um the next step in the process well uh you know i'd like to get a couple more years in work on some things try and move up um i definitely you know want to stay with some crews uh just keep climbing the ladder man I mean, the best that I can and get the courses and get the experience to, to be in that next leadership role. Hell yeah, Um, man. I, I foresee myself, you know, sticking around here for a bit and trying to work up through the ranks and, and earn my place.
0: Oh yeah, dude. So where can we find you, man? In case, uh, so a lot of people are going to be listening. So they're going to look at, look up to you as far as like advice for hot shotting and getting on crews and stuff. So where can we find you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I, I have an open door. I, I'll respond. Um, I have some connections on cruise, and if you're really, really, truly interested in getting on a cruise, I could probably help you out. Um, Instagram's probably the best way to find me. Uh, I'm probably not going to put out my cell phone number on here, but
0: <laughs> JJ made the mistake of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'm probably not going to throw that out there, but you, you could find me on Instagram. Uh, chase moves mountains
0: copy that man so at the end of the show man i like to give the opportunity for you to give a shout out to a homie or hero mentor who do you got for us man it could be multiple people if you want
1: uh yeah yeah definitely i'll give a shout out to all my taylor fam miss you guys uh give a shout out to doug boingen really huge mentor of mine um and to the craig hot shots i'll see you guys on monday
0: hell yeah dude well chase dude thank you so much for coming on the show man and kind of giving us a little bit of insight for hot shotting what it's all about yeah
1: yeah i mean i you know that's just a glimpse into the door and so if you if you really want to figure out what it is start applying start calling those those crews and let them know that you're interested um they're interested in good people too so you'd be surprised how far that'll get you just talking to them
0: Oh, yeah, man. And you brought up a good point, too, is like, get your resumes dialed in now, because oftentimes these announcements, they kind of drop in the middle of summer. So be ready for it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I've been in a buggy with a wireless hotspot trying to apply for jobs. It's, it's stressful. So the more you could do now, the better you're going to set yourself up to apply to crews or apply to helicopters or engines or whatever you want to be. But just start dialing that stuff in, you know, what I would say.
0: Oh yeah. Solid words of advice. Well, dude, thank you, man. I appreciate you being on the show.
1: Yeah, no, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Anytime, brother. I'll catch you later. All right. Later, man. All right. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the anchor point podcast is in the books with Chase Dixon from Craig IHC. Chase, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, appreciate your insider tips and tricks to succeed as a rookie hotshot, man. It's definitely cool. And I definitely think that people will appreciate that. Anyways, if you guys have any questions for uh, Chase, definitely hit him up at Chase Moves Mountains on the old Instagram. And he's more than willing to answer any questions of yours. So hit him up. Uh, give a special shout out to you folks in the field. I hope that you guys are going to be safe uh, this summer and uh, full disclosure here, I will not be returning to fire this year. I am out of the game as of this year, so enjoy it for me. Uh, I got some other things that I got to settle and take care of and uh, yeah, I'll probably be doing an episode about that and uh, why I stepped back from the game. Anyways, with that being said, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. We got Mystery Ranch built for the mission. We've got Hotshot Brewery, kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. And we've got the Smokey Generation, who just pumped out a bunch of money to you guys in the form of grants for uh, some grants in the field for you guys. So I definitely appreciate what Bethany's got going on over there. And last but not least, we also have the ass movement. And if you guys don't know who the ass movement is, well, go check it out. Go go check him out on uh, the old Facebook or Instagram and uh, see what he's all about because it's a funny name, but he's also very serious about conservation and being stewards of the land. Definitely awesome. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Catch you on the next one. Peace.